Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I am Nuna Isi Ma. If you are new to the podcast, this is where we explore how to transform trauma into sovereign power, soulful purpose, and sacred pleasure, so that you can have the success and fulfillment in all your life circles and be the woman you are born to be. Hello guys and welcome to Rise. I am so happy with our today's guest. Uh, her name is Robin Fulluen and she is a, acts like a bridge with a background as a successful ethical business entrepreneur combined with 17 years of training across many spiritual paths. Robin is able to weave a unique blend of transpersonal coaching and soul guidance work. The core principle of her practice is around empowerment, and while the work she does with her clients may not always be comfortable, she is focused on creating healthy, grounded interdependence and sovereignty in her clients' lives. Robin is in the process of writing a book aimed to provide a map of sorts for these times of transition. Welcome, welcome, Robin. Thank you so much, Nunesi. It's so good to be here. And um, I feel positive that we're going to weave some magic for all of our listeners today. Yes, absolutely. And so um, let's dive right in, right? Um, maybe you can give us a little bit of a, a backstory, uh, how you ended up doing the kind of work you do, what led you here, and uh, we'll take it from there. Great. So, um, I probably like many people listening today, I um, because I do think it's very pertinent to these times, this word purpose has haunted me my whole life. I mean, I, I, I think back to being a, a seven-year-old girl and already um, feeling this pressure. And, you know, when I was much younger, I um, often had this feeling like I was a second Christ, which I know sounds like a very grandiose thing to say, but just hear me out. Um, I understand now that I'm older, that I'm one of millions, billions perhaps of souls that have contracted to be here on the planet at this time as we reawaken that unity, that unity consciousness, that um, Christ consciousness. So, you know, this, this, this idea of purpose and of recognizing that I was not just the personality. I wasn't, wasn't just Robin Smith. Um, this, this girl back then, there was so much more um, and always knew that I had a soul. And so, you know, from, from the very get-go, from as far back as I can remember, I've been on this mission to discover my soul and to bring more of my soul into this life. And that's why I've studied so many different spiritual traditions and I've, I've you know, been part of different lineages um, finding different tools that will help me um, bridge that gap between the personality or the persona and the authentic truth of my soul um, on this mission to make the world a better place. And so that started off with um, me creating a business that was all around um, bringing in um, ingredient integrity in the natural and organic industry. And, and I did that for over a decade. And then about almost 10 years ago, 
I um, felt that all too familiar nudge from within, that it was time to jump back into the void, jump back into the unknown, and start something new. And um, my journey um, became a lot more personal then. You know, I um, used to work quite strongly as an environmental activist. And I was really convinced that when people started recycling, then that would affect their consciousness and then that would make the world a better place. And um, every experience is valid, but my experiences have taken me to a place that um, we are not, we are in an ecological crisis on the planet, but we are in an ecological crisis because we are in a consciousness crisis. And so my work has moved very much from the ecological field into working with consciousness. And so I opened up a practice and started working with clients um, and am now very committed to a book that I'm writing, which kind of weaves a lot of what I've been speaking together. But um, the process that I'm going through in the book that I'm writing is on transition. So let me just, as a disclaimer, also say that one doesn't write a book on transition without going through transition oneself, which Nuna Issy and I have um, compared notes on. Um, but the book really is in recognition of the fact that as the frequency on the planet rises, you know, every time light hits something, there's a purification of sorts. Every time we raise our frequency, there's a purification from that light. And it's not so different from doing a physical detox. If we were to just drink, you know, celery juice for three days, the body would react initially and it wouldn't be pleasant. Pimples would come up, the grumpiness, the emotions, headaches. Um, and I, I feel very strongly that a lot of that is happening on the planet at the moment, that the frequency of the planet is rising, and as that's doing, so um, the pimples and the headaches and, and all the emotion is starting to come up, all that toxicity is starting to come to the surface. But this is all happening because we are rising. Um, and we are rising to a place of unification, to a place of balancing the divine masculine and the divine feminine within. And at the moment, we live in a society and a culture that very much recognizes um, and, and a lot of our society is constructed around the masculine, the, the masculine principles of order, of structure, of logic and you know, rationality. And it's a time for the feminine to rise so that the two can meet. Um, and it is only when they meet that we can actually experience the masculine and the feminine in that glorious divine unity. And so the book is, is around what happens in this, this process, because as this is going on, we are collectively finding ourselves in a greater degree of transition personally and on the collective than I believe that we have seen before. Um, and so the book is really about helping um, potential readers to understand what the void is and to inspire reverence um, and honoring of that process um, of the void that transition takes us into. And then from that weaving into an understanding of what the divine feminine really looks like, how we can embody that. And then also against this backdrop of um, soul initiations and understanding why our soul takes us through these various initiations, through these crisis points. Um, and then also um, some understanding of what's happening on the planet from a cosmological or astrological point of view with the feminine rising. So ultimately, and, and bringing myself back to the beginning of the story, 
all coming back to that point of why am I here? I know I'm not just here for the white picket fence. And I know that none of you listening are here for the white picket fence. Um, there is a growing recognition that we are not just these physical bodies, but we are eternal beings with these remarkable vehicles called the soul um, that take us through these experiences. Right, yeah, exactly. And so I would like you to uh, talk a little bit more about the void. Let our listeners uh, really get a, a clear understanding of what you mean when you talk about the void. Okay, good. Well, we're really speaking my language here. Um, so when I talk about the void, um, I'm talking about a place of potential and a place of birthing. And the void is intimately connected and linked to the great mother. So our universe, all life, our whole cosmos was, was birthed from void, which is sometimes called a place of great nothingness, the greater, you know, the place of great nothingness. But we mustn't be fooled because the void is the richest place of potential um, in our understanding, in our um, in all of the universe. Um, and it is the place that all life comes from. It is the place that life is incubated where you can imagine swirling masses of potential um, like a mother's womb, it is a place of darkness. And beautifully and suitably so, it's dark because potential is still busy rising. Um, form is still being created. And so it needs to be in that cocoon dark place um, for life to actually be birthed. Now, on a practical level, void is that place between two doors. So void is that place where you've decided to leave that marriage that wasn't serving you, that toxic marriage, and the door has closed, but you've yet to find the relationship that you are searching for. And so you are in this place between a door having closed and a door not yet having opened. And so many of us, want to rush and to open that door. You know, it's between leaving that secure job because we, we are sitting on this dream of starting our own business, but we haven't yet gotten to that place of prosperity and success. So we are now sitting between this place of um, the unknown, you know, a, a doors, two doors are closed. And we're not too sure what direction is up and which direction is down. And, and as I said, the temptation is to go and to quickly jump into the first relationship that comes our way or to quickly take that first job offer. Um, but, but, but really what I'm trying to inspire um, in the writing of my book and, and in interviews like this, that we need to learn to hold. And we do that when we recognize that the place that we're in is not a place of nothingness. It's a place of potential being birthed. It's a place where we start to till the soil. And the soil is so, that dark, dense soil is so important for anything that's going to grow out of it in the beyond, in the future. And so we need to sit in this place of void. We need to sit in this place of darkness so that we can start to heal. That it is in the place of void that we start to let go of all those personas, all those masks that we had taken on board that had taken, you know, allowed us to, to create the toxic relationship or the toxic job in the first place, 
or even just that place we'd grown out of. Perhaps it wasn't even toxic. Mm -hmm. We need to sit in the void. We need to sit in that darkness so that we can start to peel that back. We need to sit in the void so that we can start to let go of who we think we are and we can start to birth who we were, who we are who we are actually meant to be. So that when we open that door again, we, we, we come forth with um, truth, with a greater degree of authenticity. Now, I understand that this is an immensely uncomfortable place to be. And it's a place that is very often coined um, the dark night of the soul. But um, there's there's something to know about this dark night of the soul. And in fact, the Christian mystic, um, James of the Cross, who wrote the dark night of the soul, um, he penned this beautifully in this poem. And one of the things that he said is, to know the path that we walk on, we need to close our eyes and walk in the darkness. And the reason why we need to do that is that when we base our truth on these outer eyes and on the masks on the outside and on the mind, we can be deceived and we can be pulled away from our truth. But in order to really know our truth, we need to close our eyes and we need to drop into our hearts. And then that's when we can be sure of the path that we walk on. So taking that back to the void, there's such immense value of learning how to hold when we don't know and when times are uncertain and when we're not too sure what direction a project, an idea, a relationship is going to take, to just wait and to hold and to see. Because when we can close our eyes and go into that stillness and go into our hearts, we will find the right path. We will open the right door. We will birth the greatest potential. So that's what I mean when I talk about the void. Right. Yeah, that, uh, that place of um, uh, the womb, right? It's the sacred cosmic yeah. womb that, that births anything new that wants to be birthed. And uh, I think that a, a great amount of trust is needed, right? Trust in the, in the perfection of life, in the, in the guidance, in the holding of the beyond to know that when we are there and it is uncomfortable, as you mentioned, and mm. we, we sometimes maybe uh, have to cultivate uh, patience to, to actually uh, hold on to that space without uh, pushing and, and, and you know, forcing uh, something that is not yet ready. And, um, and that trust is, is really the trust that, that created us, that brought us where we are. It's beyond our logic mind. It's beyond our, our thoughts or even beyond the vision that we, that we have for the near future, right? I mean, we can only see so much and only looking backwards when we look at all those um, bigger or smaller night, dark nights of the soul, because we've got a few of them looking backwards for sure, all of us, no exception. Mm -hmm. Um, then only from a distance can we actually connect all the dots and think and see the, the, the divinity in what happened and, and the greater teachings, the greater births, the greater creativity, the greater um, growth and evolution that we had as souls, right? So sometimes we, we can't see it from where we are and we can't see it even from a little bit ahead from where we are. Sometimes we need really that 
that linear uh, aspect of time to look back and see, oh, okay, if not that, that and that and that would not happen, and I would not do that and that and that. But we 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 struggle to see it from where we are because of the uncomfort, right? Um, so so do you have any uh, tools or tips on how to sit in that place of void and 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 surrender into it and uh, and and linger there for as long as needed? Yeah, so um, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second. But before I do, I, I love what you said about trust. And there's two things that I feel are really important to speak to about that um, before I drop into the tools. And the first is that, uh, yes, we are there to, to cultivate that trust and that trust of the universe, which is ultimately ourselves. Because we are source expressing itself or we are God or goddess, you know, which, whichever term you are comfortable with. And this is a distraction. And so, you know, when we sit in that place of the unknown, that is when we really drop into our hearts and into our intuition. And that is the gift from that place, is learning the, the way. And um, the way is known as the path of heart. You see, our, as I said, our minds can be deceived and our minds take us on all sorts of cul-de-sacs, but our heart never does. Our heart always knows the way. And, um, and so the way of the heart is immeasurably shorter than the way of the mind. And that's why if we can um, drop into our hearts and live from our hearts, we live with such a greater degree of flow in our lives because our heart is connected to all the different realities, to all the different dimensions and to one another. So to all the other beings that are involved with the decisions that we're making. So that is why our soul takes us or creates the conditions in our lives where we are thrown into transition, where we are thrown into void. Um, one can look at these conditions that the soul creates as initiation. Um, they really are initiations into a greater degree of courage, a greater degree of trust, a greater degree of truth. Um, but without these conditions, without these initiations, we wouldn't ever be able to receive the gift of actually knowing how all-knowing we are, of actually knowing how connected we are, or knowing how powerful we are. And we can only experience that when we drop deeper into ourselves. In fact, um, in the last transition that I was going through, one of the um, images that my soul gave me, and perhaps this will be useful to anyone listening to understand what it is that I'm talking about. But what I was shown is that my consciousness was like an apartment block. And the level that I was standing on, that level of all, you know, that floor of all those rooms, that was done. I was shown that there was just rubble there. There was like dust there. There was no life. And that I needed to take the elevator down into myself and drop to a new level. And then when I went there, I could see it was so fertile. You know, I just saw forests and all this potential. And my consciousness would go back up to that level, to that floor. And, and I would see that there was nothing there. And that I really needed to trust myself. I really needed to trust the way to be able to take that elevator down to let go of the past that was on the floor and to also, and, and often more importantly, let go of those visions that I had started to create in my persona of how things needed to be. 
because I was attached to staying on that floor and to release that attachment and then to drop down to another level. And this is what the initiations do. These crisis points that we have in our lives afford us the opportunity, they gift us the opportunity to drop into a deeper knowing of self. And so that's what's happening with these transitions, with these crises, and potentially even with some of the traumas that are happening in our lives, is that they may not be happening for a reason, that is debatable, but what is not debatable is that there is always choice. We can all, we always have this choice to take power from what's happening. And that is the initiation. The initiation is to be able to trust. The initiation is to find greater degrees of courage. And the initiation is to find the way of the heart um, so that we then drop into greater and greater degrees of, we can bring more of our soul consciousness into our lives. Which is, what, which is what is happening on the planet. Um, you see, and, and our, this is linked to the, the tools. It is the feminine, it is the divine feminine that holds the world soul. And let me just regress here for a moment and explain. The feminine is nature, she is life. So, because let's, the, the feminine births potential. So if we look into nature, all we see is reproduction. I mean, there's just reproduction happening on every level. And so that's why the natural world and the feminine are, are so interlinked. And so it's almost as if what, what, what is required on the planet right now for us to avert the degrees of ecological disaster that awaits us is to rewild the planet. We need to rewild the planet. But remember, we are the planet. We are the earth. And, and, and so we need to rewild ourselves. We need to let go of this, these programs we have that structure means safety. It, it doesn't. We, we need to start embracing um, parts of those, those uncultivated parts of ourselves that we deny all the time and start dropping into greater degrees of truth. And so because the, the feminine holds that world soul, as she starts rising, so that her, uh, you know, the, 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 the energies of the divine feminine can actually unite with the, the energies of the divine masculine. So too, are we collectively going through this initiation of bringing in more soul. So again, that's just bringing that back why there is, let's put it, let's, why there is so much opportunity for growth at the moment. Um, and, you know, something else that I want to share about that, about this, which I absolutely love, which is that the Chinese sign for crisis is actually made up of two symbols. And those two symbols are danger and opportunity. And so that kind of just lands my point of, of why, you know, may, potentially one could argue um, that, you know, not everything that happens to us may always be happening for a reason. You know, there are some terrible things that happen on the planet, but there is always choice. There is always that opportunity that lies in that danger for growth. And so, you know, um, bringing this all back together, what can one do? H how do we navigate the, the uncertain and dark and, and often overwhelming waters of the womb of, of where we are rebirthing um, greater potentials of ourselves? Um, one of the ways, and I'm talking to the men and to the women here, is to get in touch with our feminine nature. And in order to do that, there are, you know, there, there's practices that we can do, but 
in order to do, to do that, we need to understand what is our feminine nature before we can get in touch with it. But our feminine nature is that knowing. It's the it's that connection to life. It's it's not cultivated. It's the emotions. It's the feelings. It's um, the flow and the current um, that creates the birth. Um, it's not logic. It's not rational. It's um, flowing with it. It's moving with it. It's dropping into it. It's that stillness that sits there. It's that nurturing. It's that connection. But it's also the rage. You know, we, we deny all these parts of ourselves, but all of them are valid. Um, because the mother will nurture, but she is fiercely protective and will go to extremes to protect life. Um, and we, all of that, we all have that within us. And as that feminine rises, I believe, again, pulling it back to what's happening ecologically on the planet, our consciousness and our rage and our ability to defend and to protect life, all life on the planet is going to increase as well. So, you know, the first thing we need to do is to understand and to start to connect with those feminine forces within. And we can do that through spending more time in nature in actually starting to wild ourselves. Um, go light a fire, a safe fire, but go light a fire and put some music on and take your clothes off and just start to express yourself, start to get in touch with your body. Um, movement is an incredible way of starting to bring in the feminine and I'm not even talking about dance because dance has structure you know we can do it right and wrong and there's a certain logic to dance just move just express yourself um, process art when when you're starting to feel emotional you know our natural tendency is to put a lid on it like everything you know um, we, we, we try and we numb it but when that happens go grab some colored pencils and crayons and actually start like processing what's happening start moving that energy through yourself onto a piece of paper again you're not drawing because drawing has structure it has you just you're just moving with the colors and just expressing that and moving the emotions out so we can actually start to feel or you know embody um, all that is there to be felt which is very much the feminine she is very much that raw um, energy within. So we want to give ourselves the opportunity to express it through movement, through the art, through spending time in nature, um, through starting to connect with our sexuality. That's a really big part for all of us. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of process work that can be done with it, but there's many simple um, practices that, you know, many people are starting to, to, to work with. Um, there's many womb um, practitioners, wisdom practitioners. We've got tools like the Yoni eggs, um, you know, for the men that's actually starting to go out into nature with other men. Um, and there's many retreats like this starting to happen. But these are tools that really, you know, you see, and I, I know that you know this, these are tools that will really support us during this time because we cannot sit in the void comfortably all here. It doesn't work here. We need to drop into ourselves and we need to drop into that birthing process. And, and we need to remember, you know, it's, it really is like birth, the void. So when a woman is giving birth, she isn't sitting like this. She's, you know, she's moving with the energies of birth and 
um, it's a primal process. And so when we are in the void, we want to give ourselves the space to do that. We want to give ourselves the space to howl with the grief that we are busy transmuting in our bodies. We want to give ourselves the space to go into silence. So if you find yourself in transition, make the space to just go sit in nature. You don't need to do any special breath work. You don't need to do any meditation. You just need to go and sit and listen. Just listen. Um, and so I hope that some of these tools and these practices will start to unlock. And I'm sure many of our listeners are doing aspects of this to unlock more. Um, but really, any practice that's going to bring you into truth. And our, uh, this word keeps coming up in our interview today, uncultivated truth wild truth because that's that is what is needed within and without um in this reality that we found ourselves in at the moment right yeah absolutely you know to integrate the fullness of our of our planet uh it's one person at a time right because we are the 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 parts of the all that that makes this uh, humanity and uh the the feminine was suppressed and oppressed in all of us, men and women, uh, in all other genders for, for so many uh, thousands of years that uh, we have to really consciously bring her essence in. And if it's for all of us and, you know, we've been so uh, patriarchy orientated that we have to really consciously making that choice to to bring it on because otherwise we we're not whole we're not uh, we're not um, integrated right and um, and that feminine was uh, really dismissed uh, she was not uh, considered to be valid important uh, and reverent as as she deserves and uh, now that we're starting to hear that term more and more feminine rising, this is really life knocking, uh, saying it's time. It's time for, um, you know, not, not, not on top of the masculine, not instead of the masculine. The masculine is divine, sacred, important as well. We, we need both. But we have been cultivating the masculine for thousands of years, and we still primarily live in that masculine paradigm when it comes to work, when it comes to the way we behave, act and operate in the world. So the feminine is such a such an unknown field of um, maybe confusion, maybe um, it's not understood well, right? Uh, so it's really about understanding what the feminine essence is and, and welcoming her into, into our body, into our soul. And yeah, starting from within and then it's obviously spills to the without, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you know, um, a very big part of, the, part of the gift of this life is the fact that we have the soul, this, this um structure that connects us to source, which is what our souls do. And um, we have deep, deep programming, all of us, that we carry because we've lived in such an over-dominant um, sort of appreciation of the masculine. And this programming is around this desire for um, comfort, for structure, 
but that that is not where where growth happens and so you know this this these urges that we have from our hearts the, the nudges and these visions of who we can be and what we can do and what life can look like on the planet these are so valid but in order to bring them forth we need to we need to find the courage to let go of the shore of everything we know and start getting comfortable with throwing ourselves into the unknown, which is where the potential of the feminine lies. And um, just a really simple analogy to kind of bring this to life for our listeners. Um, Essie and I, we both live on the Atlantic Ocean. The, the ocean is absolutely freezing here. But um, I've recently started getting into swimming in the ocean um, and into going into that cold water. And after one of my many swims um, of standing on the shore afterwards, feeling so incredibly nourished and vital afterwards, I realized what an incredibly um, astute metaphor it is for the heart um, and for the times we live in, because there's not much rational reason to go and have a swim especially in winter when it's so cold outside and the water is so cold and everything in your brain screams no. And you really have to actually like take yourself out of that comfort zone and just stop listening to your head and almost like put your blinkers on and just dive in. But the moment that you do it and you get over that initial shock, so much vitality starts to come into your body. So much clarity starts to come and courage it does something, you know, the more and more you, you, you let go of that instinct for safety and you start to push through it, the more courageous you start to become and the more of your inner warrior you start to find, the, the, the stronger you begin to realize that you are. And also once you've done it, you just want everyone else to start swimming in the ocean, especially the cold ocean, because you know what a gift it is. And so, you know, we are in this time now where um, it is time to wake up. It is time to be all that we are. And um, huge reverence for the structure and for um, the rationali rationality and the, that celestial wisdom that comes from the masculine energy. But even the masculine, the divine masculine can never reach its potential without the divine feminine. The, 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 the divine masculine is tired. It's, 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 you know, if, if we look at ourselves spiritually, how much have we actually been growing with this dependence and with this, this um, distortion of balance between the masculine and the feminine? Um, for, for real growth, we need to start um, allowing ourselves to surrender to the primal waters, those primal energies within. We need to start allowing ourselves to be comfortable with discomfort. We, we, we need to start allowing ourselves to be uncomfortable with the more uncomfortable emotions and um, sensations and movements and um, just start inviting in that fullness of experience. And we can only do that with the feminine. Um, and then when the feminine and the masculine dance together, um, you know, that is when we experience that unity, when we have that ability I always say to my husband, it's, it's the woman's role in the house, um, you know, because as a woman, one does naturally embody more of one of the, the energies. Um, but I always say to him, you know, when he rolls his eyes at me suggesting one more thing that we need to do or one more place that we need to go. And I'm like, but, but respect it because my job is to bring God into the home 
and is to bring the future in because I have greater capacity to go into those waters and to see the future. And then it's that the masculine, and, and now I'm talking energetically, I, I don't want to go into the roles, but then it's the masculine, the ability of the divine masculine to actually make that vision come to life. But if we subjugate and we um, suppress the feminine, we have all this ability to make things come to life, but we're not bringing in that potential. We're not fully bringing in the vision of all that we can be. And that's where the feminine really comes to the party. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, you know, I found that especially in the process of writing a book, you're going through that process, so you know probably what I'm talking about. Uh, it's such a, a creation that requires the unity of the feminine and the masculine, right? Because the feminine is the vision, is the, the bringing the creativity from the beyond, um, seeing the, the the messages, seeing the the you know the the creative part of it. But it cannot be uh, put on paper and and summarized into words without the structure and the discipline and the and the planning of the masculine. And so, you know, this is a great analogy for anything we want to create in this life or anything we want to bring forth. Um, we need that unity of the feminine and the masculine. We need that collaboration, cooperation, support of, of each other and really understanding that our thoughts are valid and our emotions are valid. And when they co-align, uh, when, when we understand that relationship between uh, those two essences that we all have, no matter what gender we are, um, then we can bring forth our creation. Then we can give birth to either a physical child or anything else we want to create in this world, right? Absolutely. And um, it's, it's, it's such an exciting time, you know, for to be on the planet right now when we are being supported to such a degree by all the astrological and cosmological changes and even the, the urgency of what needs to happen um, it's right here in our face um, so there really is beauty in transition and if there's one thing that i leave our listeners with it's it's honoring the the, the process of transitioning and it's it's again it's that word of just learning to hold um, becoming cognizant and aware of all the myriads of ways that we numb you know we we might not all be reaching for a glass of wine but whether it's the social media or it's the phone or it's the tv or it's the excessive exercise um, these are all ways that we take ourselves out of that place of room of um, the void and it's learning to actually just hold and hold and trust ourselves and trust the process as you so beautifully described. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, I think that applies to every single one of us uh, on the planet right now. Uh, we are on uh, a transition, planetary transition, uh, you know, season. And uh, we all facing some form of transition in our life, uh, you know, in the past uh, couple of months. And it's really a collective, uh, collective phenomenon at the moment. Uh, so yeah, thank you for this uh, valuable talk about transition. It's it's very timely, and I know that you have a, a beautiful gift to share with our audience. So maybe you want to share about that. Okay, good. So I'm going to do a very simple um, embodiment exercise, something that can be done at any moment of the day, um, 
So if you can just close your eyes and um, with your eyes closed, just make sure that you are seated in a comfortable position so that the energy is able to flow through you. Might mean just straightening your back so that your chest opens or just dropping your hands into your lap. And we're going to take some deep cleansing breaths now through our nose, bringing that energy up through our nose and then releasing it through our mouth. Continuing to breathe like this, breathing in that abundance of chi and life force that's always around us, nourishing our bodies. And then using the exhale through our mouth as an opportunity to just release any stress or negativity that we might be carrying. Continue to breathe like this in your own time. But as you do, continuing to breathe, just notice how your breath, how this simple cleansing breath is helping you to settle more into the present moment. The majesty of the void is that we have to let go of the past. We have to let go of the future to allow the great current of life, to allow the great current of potential to flow through us. And our breath has the ability to bring us into the present moment. That present moment where all of our power lies. Our power is not in the past. It's not in the future. It's right now. So continue using these cleansing breaths just to anchor yourself in the present moment. Our breath also has the ability to help us to relax. And the more relaxed our bodies are, the more we can flow. And so when we find ourselves in any kind of crisis or transition, it's always useful to just relax our shoulders and to relax our jaws, to drop into breath. Because the more relaxed we are, the more that light and that energy flows and that light brings with it guidance, it brings answers. And so now very simply, without much drama, I just want you to trust yourself and to make the intention to drop into your heart. Just trusting that your body your consciousness knows how to do this in whatever way serves you, just Drop into your heart now, into that place that is connected to everything around you. The heart always knows the way. And I want you now in this place of heart to ask for guidance or to make the intention that you are shown an area of your life, something possibly quite scary, a dream or a vision, some kind of an image you have for yourself that you desire. Ask your heart to show you the desire that comes from your heart, the desire that is being whispered from your soul. Perhaps it's really terrifying. Perhaps it's magnanimous, it's so big. Perhaps it's a slight adjustment, but ask for that image now. And then I want you to just fall into it. Just move your energy into it, 
Perhaps you visually fall into it. Just fall into the image of this, the energy of this image, the energy of this dream, this desire, this way of being. And I want you to just sit in it now, to just be with it. You don't have to do anything. When we sit in this heart space, in the energy of the heart, all we need is here. All the guidance we require is known. We just need to sit in it and embody it. This vision we have of ourselves, this desire. And of course, at any time, you can take yourself to this place, into your heart, and just ask, ask your heart to show you the way, to give you an image, to clarify a dream or desire. So I know that you will be back to this place soon, but you can slowly bring your consciousness back into the room that you sit, becoming aware of what your body feels like. You can wake up your face with a smile of gratitude, the beauty that you are. And just in your own time, gently open your eyes. Thank you, Robin. That was really beautiful. My greatest pleasure. Well, thank you so much for being here and congratulations on your book and uh, all the best in your journey and thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you and blessed be beautiful sister. This was absolutely divine to connect. And so everyone else, ciao for now, and uh, I'll see you soon.